Hello, and welcome to episode 207 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, digital marketing pet peeves. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technology. Uh, Jacob, he, he's not here anymore. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, all right, well, okay. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's cracking? And Paxton Gray, director of marketing operations at 97th Floor. I am here. And I'm Jacob Perry, digital marketing manager at Myriad Genetics. All right, guys, today's conversation, digital marketing pet peeves. I know we've all got them. In fact, I'm sure there are plenty of people out listening who also could probably contribute to this conversation so let's just dive in. Uh, we all have several years of experience in digital marketing. Uh, we've got agency experience, freelance experience, in-house experience, and I think that there are probably some pet peeves associated with all of those. Let's throw it out there. Tell me some of the pet peeves that, that you guys have run across. Uh, one just recently is April Fool's not too long ago. You don't uh, like April Fool's? I love April Fool's. I hate that every company feels an obligation to do like a lame April Fool's uh, joke. There's some creative ones out there. That's great. Uh, so is the pet peeve that they do it or that they don't, that they do it poorly? They do it poorly and you can tell they're doing it just as an obligation. And it's kind of just been like worn out. Like everyone expects every single internet company to have some sort of prank and yeah, it's just, it is, it's not like it was back in the day when like Google would do something and, you, and you'd like look forward to it. That's, That's my funny. Pet I feel the same way about holiday traditions, carving pumpkins, dyeing eggs. It's just like, <laughs> we're just doing this because we have to do it at that time of year. You're not talking about digital marketing. You're just talking oh, in general. I'm just general. talking about in general. <laughs> yeah. So do you not, do you not carve pumpkins? No, I do it, <laughs> but I just go through the motions just like everybody else. I mean, yeah, I'm sure people love it, but my brother and I were just talking about this and, uh, we just get tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again. My anyway, wife, my, yeah, my like wife tradition. and I, our first date was carving pumpkins. So I hold that tradition near and dear to my heart. <laughs> what com- pumpkin did you carve? Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure it was some lame little face, but we, we typically do it every year. Uh, and I think it's gotten more creative each year as well. This year I'm going to buy a Dremel. I've heard that you can carve amazing pumpkins with a Dremel. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. So April Fool's bugs you. April Fools, and along the same lines, uh, another thing that really bugs me is every holi- every like major holiday, so many like business accounts, brands, all of that will come out with like some lame image where it's just like "Merry Christmas" from Company yeah. X, uh, uh, "Happy Halloween," or "We wish you the Happy St. Patrick's Day," and there's really no, and it's just like overdone. Like, like who are you? Like, I, I have like a million wishes. Uh, on all these different holidays, I feel like I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm saying you should provide value. So if you're in an, an animal shelter, instead of just doing a little image saying uh, "Merry Christmas" from the animal shelter, like take a bunch of like the cutest puppies that you guys have and do a picture, and it's like uh, our friends at the shelter want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Then you're like, oh, and you feel bad, and you like it. Like you're providing some sort of emotion, some sort of value, or just like own it and and make it yours. DP Cheesesteaks is a local restaurant chain here in utah and one fourth of july we just got we basically on the on the flat grill 
we made an American flag out of all of the vegetables. So we had like the blue was, we didn't have any blue veggies. I don't, I can't try to think if there's any blue veggies that even exist, but we did mushrooms. Then we did like for the red and white stripes, it was onions and red peppers. And then it was like, you know, happy 4th of July. But it was just, it was unique because it was like our own picture. Like we did, so we, we made something with our own ingredients to wish you, was it like groundbreaking? No, but it's better than just like going to Google image search, typing in happy 4th of July, stealing that image, then just posting on Facebook. You're like, okay, I got my post done for 4th of July. So that's one little, little pet peeve that I have with uh, social accounts. So I'm going to build on that because one of my pet peeves is stock photography. Uh, uh, that was one of mine as well. We we live in a world now where stock photography should not exist anymore. So uh, there are a couple of resources. Ooh, I don't know on, about that. All right, tell me. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. I was just going to say there are a couple of sites that I want to throw out that you can use with free, really high-quality images that uh, – because typically when you go to Google and you you know, you know use the options to, to take out all images with with the – Copyright issues. What are the the light the right, right to use licenses or whatever? Uh-huh. Uh, typically, the images that are left are really terrible. But uh, I wanted to share a couple of websites that could be used to find these really high qual- quality images. One of them is Unsplash. Have you used Uns- that? Unsplash dot com. Yeah, Unsplash dot com. I've not heard of that. And they, if you subscribe to their uh, email or to their site or whatever it is, they'll send you ten free images a month or something like that. Uh, and that is, uh, I mean, you can go to their website and grab anything and their, their terms of use are basically, you can use these images for whatever you want. You can modify them. You can anything fair game with them. The second one is uh, death to stock which is a similar concept. You subscribe and they email you a certain amount of free images that are high quality, uh, really great images and, and they're all searchable. So when I say stock photography doesn't have a place anymore, it's because there are other sites that provide high quality images that, you know, uh, to be honest, it's not the thing that, I mean, that is stock photography. It's just stock photography that doesn't suck. Right. I guess you could say, but I know what you mean. Like when I picture stock, I I picture like the cheesy people, like writing on the whiteboard, like success and, and all these different things. Or I, I hate on like customer support pages where, it's like contact us, and it's like I know for a fact that 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 well groomed thirty two year old man is not <laughs> sitting there with a the headpiece from the nineties waiting for me to call about with, with questions about this product. So I hate I hate uh, contact us like stock where it's like a yeah. line of people with their headsets yeah, on. Just take pictures of your real employees. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. That is me, stock photography. Yeah. Uh, I will say this though is that these sites, excuse me, these sites that I just mentioned. They do not have the same inventory that the other stock photog- like stockphoto.com or uh, Shutter or whatever they're called. Uh, so you're not going to find a lot of the same things for every circumstance or situation that you might with the you know, what we're considering the crappy stock photography. But at least make this your first stop, you know, instead of just going straight to the yeah the crud. You know, I used to be a photographer's assistant, and uh, he was a stock photographer. And the challenge of shooting stock photography is so, it's so difficult because you have basically, you have to think of everything somebody might ever want to see. So you have a model and she's wearing mittens and uh, earmuffs and you're in a studio and you have fake snow and she has a mug with hot chocolate and you say, okay, 
Now let's do the same thing without the mug. Okay, now put on the earmuffs, but with the mug. Okay, now take off the mug and the earmuffs. Keep the gloves on. Take the gloves off. Put on the earmuffs. Like, every possible combination is the most tedious uh, job I've ever had. But just imagine if that same photographer had done keyword research prior to doing his photo shoots. Because there are specific keywords that are more successful on stock photos, right? And you can see Mm -hmm. that that the photos themselves are name the title and name of that file or that put photo is the exact same keyword that you typed into their their search function. Sure. Yeah, I don't think that those platforms release that data though. No, but I'm sure it's the same on Google. They're they're typing the same things into the Google search bar as they are into the stock photography. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I I definitely think there are photographers doing that same thing. In the end, yes, it is crazy tedious and it's hard to come up with new ideas. Because oftentimes you have to come up with something that, like when I go to Google searching for a keyword, uh, trying to find an image to use in a presentation, usually like the first 50 results are those crappy oh, yeah. stock photography you know, pictures. And it's really difficult to cut through all that stuff. So the, that's a difficult part, I think, uh, without having thought too much about this, is doing the stock photography and creating the images. So I want someone in an office space. I can't just call it office space because I'm competing against 100 other really crappy people. Uh, it would be better to figure out what are some synonyms or like ways around it. And as a searcher, you have to think of other ways around it instead of going directly for what you're looking for. Anyway, uh, this photographer that I worked for was actually pretty successful. Almost every image you see in Walmart, all the images you see for Coinstar, and even... Kings of Leon bought one of his images for one of their album covers. So, like, his work is all over the world. And That's he gets cool. hired by a ton of stuff, but the most tedious, monotonous work I've ever seen. So, speaking, sorry, I want to take a quick break because there was something I wanted to do at the very beginning that I, that I forgot to do. Yeah. There's someone who lives in Ashburn, Virginia, who basically, within two days, listened to every single one of our episodes. And I wanted to just call that out. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you're listening now and you're living in Ashburn, Virginia, reach out. I want to I wanna do something nice for you. Anyway, back to pet peeves. Well, one thing with the stock photography, do you remember when we were at 97th floor, there was the guy who lived in the East Coast, and he, and he was referred to yeah. as the Yoda of SEO? I can't remember his name, but do you know who I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Uh, and then he came, he stopped in, and he, were you in the conversation? Like, I know Josh Moody was sitting with me, Chris Bennett. I can't remember. He sat down with some of us, and he was like, He's, and he's almost like a conspiracist with uh, some of the ideas he had. But stock photos is one. He was like telling us like stock photography is going to be dead. All the companies, they're going to be under because I have proof that uh, Google can read images, not just like because we always tell like, oh, Google can't tell you what they, they can't read the images. So you got to put alt text and stuff like that. Right. He's saying that they can read it. And I think what he meant was they can match pixels to other pixels. And so he's he said that data was showing in many of his clients' webmaster tools, or I guess now search Google Search Console, that people that used a lot of stock photography, they were having lower rankings, and it's because Google counts stock photography as duplicate, duplicate content. content. If they can see that, man, you have a lot of images that are being used on hundreds or thousands of other websites, it's not original content. Yeah. And then he I guess he had lunch with a an engineer at Google at one of those, you know, conferences where you can like have lunch with an engineer and the, and they won't come out and directly say it but i guess he asked it was either him or his friend asked a question where it was hey so i'm setting up a website i'm going to be writing my own original content 
but I'm just going to be licensing out some stock photos. Is that a good idea? And then the guy kind of had a roundabout answer where he basically said like, well, I could just see how that could be confusing to Google because you have original content. Why not have original photos as well? So he never like came out and admitted it, but it is just interesting. I don't think it's a major thing. Like if you use stock photography, I think you're going to be fine, but I could see some, um, what's the word? Plausibility. I don't well, know. I think the problem here is not f- stock photography, but when you buy single use licenses that other people have access to as well. So if you're going to use stock photography, you can buy a license to where you're the exclusive owner of that image and you're the only one authorized to use that. In which case that'd be fine. It'd be akin to you taking your own images. Yeah. Or you, or you purchase the license to an image that you can modify. So yeah. you can, you know, throw it in Photoshop and edit it and then, and then you wouldn't have a problem that way either. I will say we know for a fact that Google can recognize what images are by reverse image, by search. reverse yeah. image search. You throw one in there and it'll, it'll find where, where that image is, is housed on, all over the internet. So I, I, I bet there is something to that for sure. Yeah, it was. An, and I, I remember at that time there was like a green line. It was un, unexplained by Google. It was in webmaster tools and they never had a, they never had like any key to it, like what it was. And he noticed that when, and I, we noticed it too well with one of our clients who had a lot of stock photography, we replaced it with original photos and the green line went down. Rankings kind of went up a little bit, but then overnight the green line was, he called it the green line of death. If you had Google the green line of death, I'm sure. In fact, that's probably how I can figure out his name again. It was one of those common names, but yeah, it was interesting. So a little off rant on stock photography, but I guess we don't want to spend too much time on that's right. On so, stock. Uh, anyone want to throw something else out there? <laughs> yeah. uh, I have something. I will say I have recently take to, taken a turn in the past month or so where I've been writing some of my own articles and producing some of my own stuff. And as I've been writing the stuff, I've been thinking about, is, is other people going to like this? Or what will people think of me after they read this? Eventually, like it was kind of handicapping. And I had just, I had to say like, Hey, screw it. Like, I don't care what other people think. Uh, but ever since that point, I've been much less critical of other people's content because I realized like it takes a lot to put yourself out there and to build write articles and, and all that. So that said, while I, I don't really hold this pet peeve too near and dear to my heart, I, I, I do think that in our industry, there's a lot, a lot of just chatter that doesn't have a lot of substance. I would love to see it cut down the amount and it with depth increased. And instead of writing stuff about what we think or what opinions are, let's do some fact-based writing and, and do some real legitimate research. I think there's too much emphasis put on causation versus uh, uh, what is actually correlation. Um, so anyway, that kind of is a thing that bugs me about our industry, but you know, I get that it's hard to put yourself out there. So major props to everybody that does it, but it just gets really, really cluttered, which is why I love, uh, Moz's uh, email that they send out with like the 10 best articles for that week, or I can't remember if it's two weeks or something, where they curate the stuff for me and I, I don't have to sift through a bunch of just articles saying the same thing over and over again. So your pet peeve is crappy content? Uh, a lot of crappy content. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, I want to move on to one that um, we've talked about briefly on previous episodes, but automated Twitter and basically automated in uh, social media, but specifically to Twitter and Instagram. 
So Brandon revealed a few episodes ago that I fell victim to Instagress, <laughs> thinking that people were like actually commenting on my images and giving me likes. And I'm just like super stoked and thrilled that people are like engaging with us. Come to find out that Instagress, the fact that we, our target audience, our, our digital marketers, we're going to be the biggest target of those uh, automated systems, right? So now, even when I get a, a real comment, I don't even know if it's real. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so wait, tell, what, tell us what, what it is. So Instagress is just one of many platforms you can use to automate engagement, right? So you can target specific hashtags, specific users. Um, what else can you target? Followings. Yeah, followings. Basically, for, for example, I use hashtags in all of my posts, and there are people out there who target those same hashtags like hashtag digital marketing or hashtag SEO or hashtag podcasts. And what they do is they use this program to say, if someone uses the hashtag, hashtag digital marketing, comment with this lame emoji or, or comment <laughs> saying, Hey, that's really cool. That looks really nice or like them or follow them so that they could, Instagram could be completely controlling. I mean, it, it really is to the point where I'm sure that Instagram is, in most cases, just talking to itself, sure. right? It's just engaging with itself. Uh, and I think Instagram was made primarily for Twitter first, and then they they added Instagram. Is that right, Brandon? I think you're thinking of Crowdfire. Oh, Crowdfire. Yeah, that you're right. Was... So is Instagram only Instagram? Uh-huh. Just Instagram. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Twitter has its own. Crowdfire. Uh, unfollow. Is that what it is? Unfollow me? Yeah. com or something like that. That might have, I think that is what Crowdfire, they changed their name to oh. Crowdfire. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, all yeah, platforms do. that automate the engagement really kind of annoys me as a user, sure. as, yeah. a, as a consumer. Yeah, I can totally see that. I've always felt like Twitter was just a big empty room with a ton of robots talking to each other. Yeah, it seems that way a, a lot, especially especially in the last six months. Like I'll get on there and I'll tweet one thing. Now it's to the point where it's not even hashtags. If I comment and I like am, am engaging with like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? So I, I tag him in my tweet. I'll get 20 followers like within two minutes. Uh, and I'm just like, what? This is so weird. Six months ago, I'd be like, holy cow, this is like the coolest. Yeah. And then the next day, you're 20 followers fewer. So it's a pet peeve to you when you post a photo and then someone, some emoji like thumbs up. It's like killing it, man. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. think that's the pet peeve. It seems to me like what his pet peeve is, is that it's the appearance appearance of something that's real when it's not real. Yeah, well, it's that. Plus, now if it is real, I don't. I have no idea. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I did it like an, an experiment. You guys might have seen it on the Below the Fold Instagram. And I posted the, the photographs that Paxton took during our last recording session. And I the comment I made was, this is an experiment. Only comment if you've listened to an episode. And then I used the same exact hashtags that I had previously been using. And, uh, and I, got, I, got, I got a couple or a few people saying uh, comment, like, yeah, I, I've listened to an episode. But then I get people with like smiley faces. And the original idea was I was going to reach out to the people who I thought were probably automated and just like engage with them as if they were real. You know, like, oh, man, hey, man, thank you so much for listening. I hope that it's been valuable thinking, oh, well, even if it is fake, my comment will trigger 
uh, a, a real person. a real person to come check it out. Right. So I didn't actually end up doing that, but I might. I think it's a good idea. A better just, experiment. It's would better be, on uh, better to follow through with experiments. You got to do something like uh, so sad. My grandma just died today. Like something just depressing. But then use like <laughs> positive hashtags at yeah. the bottom. And, and then, then take a screenshot and shame them. <laughs> and then people are like, killing it, man. <laughs> yeah. Crushing and, dude, it. Dude, I'm telling you, that, that would episode, definitely happen. <laughs> the episode of The Office where Daryl's grandma dies and Pam sends out a sympathy card, but everyone thinks it's a birthday card. Oh. And they're like, hey, man, days like these only come so often. Live it up. <laughs> uh, I've seen every uh, episode of The Office, and I do not remember that one. It's a good show. I use Instagram. Do you use Instagram? I know you were testing it. I test. I use their free trial, and every single day I feel guilty for it. So I can see how it's a, like pet a hypocrite. Peeve, but the bottom line is, I've seen nothing but results from uh, from it. So, well, I think I think it's specific to my industry, right? So you have Instagram accounts. So Vegas Hut, for example, uh-huh. you use it for Vegas Hut, and your target audience would has absolutely no idea that they're being targeted by Instagram. Whereas as digital marketers, we know that tools like that exist so that when it's being used on us, it's way worse. Kind of a polluted space. It definitely is. Yeah. It's really, really annoying. Yeah. Marketing industry is very tough. I I see that as, as kind of cool and, and totally fine. The pet peeve is specific to digital marketing, I guess. Yeah. Makes sense. I knew a guy who had a Twitter account and he had created uh, a ton of other fake Twitter accounts that were set up to be automated so that whenever he used the hashtag, a certain number of them would automatically like or retweet any of his posts. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate those. Yeah. And so it would make it look like he had this huge audience that just loved everything <laughs> he was doing. And really, it was just like a bunch of fake accounts. <laughs> well, this, uh, there are other automation things like I'll be added to like eight lists on Twitter every time I, I tweet something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, that's my pet peeve is automated social media in the digital marketing space. Well, should we take a phone call? Sure. Yeah. So that's kind of a new thing. You want to call somebody? Yeah. Who do you want to call? Let's call, I think Huli would be a good one for this one. You want to call Huli? So I called Huli right before we started recording and he didn't answer. Okay. We can try. Yeah, let's try it. All right. No, we'll try someone else. All right, man. So Chase has no idea that we're about that we're calling him. Well, I mean, he knows I'm calling him because he'll see my name on there, but he doesn't know he has what this no is idea about. Why? Means he probably won't answer. That's true. I I did call. I tried calling him right before we started recording. It doesn't sound like he's going to answer. He's going to feel real bad. Hi, this is Chase. Oh, Bummer. Okay, let's try Nate. You want to call Nate? Nate, I'm sure, has pet peeves. Oh, yeah, he's got plenty. Call Nate Birch. Calling Nate Birch. Here we go, Nate. Don't let us down. I hope we don't embarrass him. Man, my, my S's sound funny. I want you, can you listen to this afterwards and tell me if it sounds funny? No. Nate! Nate! Hey, buddy, we're uh, we're recording a show right now. Cool. And we we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we wanted to to pull you into this conversation real quick. We're doing digital marketing pet peeves, and we knew okay. and we know that uh, that you've got a laundry list of pet peeves. I was wondering if we could kind of. 
pull you into the spotlight and have you share one of your pet peeves. Okay, let's see. First and foremost is when you have people that are inside of a company that think they know SEO. They, they say they know enough to get their hands dirty and to do damage, but really they've read an article or two and are actually quite clueless about it. So that's not their role in the company? They just kind of stick their head where it yeah, doesn't yeah. belong? For, for example, you've got, a, you've got a web guy that he's read a couple of things about SEO, and at the end of the day he's, he's a coding guy. And he controls all the web properties. When you present a solution to him to say, okay, you got this problem, you need to go fix it, here's why, they come back and say, well, I don't really think it's a problem. Eh, they ignore it. Yeah. So I... you then have to go back to other stakeholders and explain to them why you're there, the guy's wrong, without outright saying it. For sure. That is definitely, I see that all the time. People Absolutely. coming up trying and to tell me my business. So much time trying to get other other stakeholders to buy into your plan. Honestly, you could have been doing two or three more tactics, and instead you're wasting time and resources teaching. Well, it's good to teach, but you're still wasting time and resources getting around that one person. You know what's worse than that, though, Nate, is when that same person comes to you and tells you something about SEO, and they're right. <laughs> Because <laughs> then you have to admit it. Because <laughs> that actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Someone came up to me that is kind of annoying and and was like, "Hey, man, have you heard about this SEO tactic?" And I'm like, "No." Now you got to hope they're not listening to the show. Yeah. Now they know. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, and I think that they're wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about it in I think the next episode. So, yeah. Nate, did you have any other pet peeves you wanted to share? Oh gosh. You don't have to. There are a lot of different pet peeves. You can give, give me a time and a place with a, uh, a, a specific topic and I can go down the list. I know, man. I'm sure we wanted to be more organic and, and catch you off guard. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, right, that's man. cool, man. That's, for, that's actually a pet peeve that I, I didn't even have on my list, but it's uh, obviously I'm not going to have them all. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nate, dude. You're the bomb, brother. Hey, take care, guys. All right, see ya. That was fun. That was good. Can I share a pet peeve that I know neither one of you wrote down, but once I say it, you're going to grin ear to ear being like, I know what you mean, man. First of all, let me just say that that's a pet peeve when people think they know me. <laughs> also assuming that I wrote something down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, right. man. Wait, hang on just a sec. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's raise the stakes a little bit. What if it's on my list? Then Will I'll you be pay surprised. me $10? Uh, no. Okay. I'll give you one dollar. Wait, you have Deal. to buy both Slurpees. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's in the middle. The dollar value. Yeah, you're supposed to get Slurpee on, on your And right what here. if I'm right? No, there what was a seven eleven on the way to the studio. If you're right, then yeah. I'll buy uh if you're if I'm right, you buy me a Slurpee. If you're right, I'll buy a Slurpee. For himself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll buy me a Slurpee? That's not what he I said. He said I'll buy a Slurpee. No, 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 that's not yeah, how it works. Whatever, man. I'll, I'll you buy owe me a dollar if it's on my list and you get him a Slurpee if it's not on his. Oh, right. no, I don't have I have list. Uh, or whatever. Put simply, women's boobs on my YouTube thumbnails. So, <laughs> are you talking about Casey Neistat? He does that That's all the time. So, like, one of the right, keep your dollar. One of the most notorious accounts is People Are Awesome, who have really cool content, like of people doing amazing things. But they like take one second out of sometimes, like sometimes it's not even in sometimes the video. it's not even in the video. But yeah, it's just like. Most of them, like, people are awesome, summer edition, 2015, and it's just, like, some girl's boobs. So then, of course, 
Facebook personalizes it, which are they personalizing off of like the photos? Because then suddenly I'll show like a professional video to someone, whether it's a a business meeting or maybe it's just my wife and I watching and, something. And your recommended videos. Yeah, and then all of a sudden like the suggested videos are just like all these girls and bikinis and stuff. <laughs> and, and, and you just and you're feel like a pervert. You're like, I swear, <laughs> look at the titles. Like it has nothing to do with that. So uh, in summary, uh, shame on you, YouTube channels who use uh sexy and sexy clickbait to uh pull in i'm sure it works i'm sure they get lots of clicks but it's annoying for people who like i and i've had it at 97.4 i gave a company presentation like i showed like a youtube video that we did as a project and then my recommended videos come up and it's just like all these girls and stuff and i remember wayne like gave me a crap like oh man what's what's brandon watching so <laughs> yeah i just that's one of my pet peeves with uh personalization i guess you could say of youtube i wish i could just turn off personalization and just recommend what other people are watching so can't you do that with youtube or can you not like like kind of refresh or delete your i know you can delete history but i think actually affected though i don't think so it's annoying but yeah that's one of my pet peeves none of you had that written down then right no i didn't i didn't have that written down that's right so i got a dollar and a slurpee is that right no i didn't agree (laughs) to those terms that's fine i don't need a slurpee but you need a dollar. <laughs> are, you, I do need, are you hurting? I do need a dollar. Uh, another with ads, I guess, is... Do you, do you guys use Adblock, personally? Yeah, I've got another one for Adblock. So I you use Adblock? Is, uh, I used to, but turn it off because of some weird stuff. I, I, I used it, and then I felt kind of guilty because it's like, man, I recognize it. Like, people are Thank doing, you. Was it me that got to you? No, I've always felt... I think it, well, it, it was also Wait, me. you turned your Adblocking off? I you turned get, it off. You turned it off because you felt guilty. And I kind of felt like there's like a side of me. It's like, am I losing out like on the like because it, it reshifts the page that's, a little that's bit. That's why I turn it off. I'm like, because... what if I'm like not getting the user experience here? Uh, but then I'll visit like you know you, you visit some like TMZ, not TMZ specifically, but like those like Hollywood gossip type websites where some headline caught my it was clickbait it got me but then you go there and it's just like pop up pop up i feel like we're learning a lot about yeah. brandon in this episode <laughs> and like then the ad like scrolls down and takes up the entire page then your web browser practically crashes and then it's like this is why people are using ad block i don't think people care about ads they care about intrusive ads pop-ups the ones that scroll out uh audios that just starts playing on video you're like watching a video and all of a sudden you hear like a commercial for Viagra or something like that. You're That's like, what, like, the, what is like, going like on? Like 10 yards down the page. Yeah and, yeah. and you're like looking at your tabs for the head. Like, and then you still can't find the video and it just ruins the experience. And so then you've got to turn ad block on. But then I, it sucks for those sites that have good ads, uh, good content. They're not making money now off yeah. of me. I know you can specify saying this site don't yeah. show it, but it's so, a hassle. So my, my pet peeve associated with that is sites that have a pop-up asking me to turn my ad blocker off oh yeah i've i've I had that happen that. the first time before so forbes does it yeah i think it was uh, forbes. forbes has it forbes is like splash page yeah bugs me like, yeah what's what? with that why oh, there's why? a pet peeve huh yeah jeez louise that's yeah. annoying yeah so forbes you can't even get into their website un- until you turn your ad blocking off so i don't even go to forbes anymore but the other one i ran into itworld.com uh just yesterday as i'm like putting together this list and I, like, I forget I even have ad blocking on. Like, I don't have those same experiences Brandon has where I notice that the formatting is different. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to Because he clicks the clickbait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to the 
the GQ is another site that forced me to. That was the first time it's happened. Is GQ told me? Oh, is that me, why you're it, looking so good? I could, with your, <laughs> your clothing now. I get some fashion advice. You remind me of that joke. Every every four seconds, someone's cl- someone clicks a bad clickbait title. That man is Brandon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. So with IT World, uh, they let me. It was just like the page opened up, and then like three seconds later, a pop up showed up and said, uh, "Hey, man, we're in this together." Uh, it's really expensive to get high quality content posted on this website. Do us a favor and turn off ad blocking. And I'm like, nope. And I skipped that. But man, come on. Like, that's not, you want me to turn off ad blocking? That's the worst thing you can do. I think I turned mine off because I really wanted to see the article. And now I'm curious about what the article was. What article on GQ? On, on GQ. Like, what article on GQ got me to turn off my, uh, my ad block? Oh, then- Mark Zuckerberg. Humble bragged about only owning gray tees and hoodies. That's what got you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Well, then how to be GQ's favorite person in the world. But I don't remember clicking on that one. Oh, I love <laughs> this. I've been, I've been trying to play around with Apple News and get it to customize so that like all the sites that I read just go straight into Apple News. It, and then Yeah, no I try to customize all. it. All I get is like Washington Post and... New York Times on Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. See, so I think you're probably customizing it based on like themes. So I got rid of all that crap. And now what I do is I customize based off of website. So I only get feeds from certain websites. And it's been a lot, a lot better since I started doing that. Because I'm tired of reading, yeah, like the uh, Washington Post articles about stuff I don't care. I want, I only plug in the kind of sites where there's kind of sites that I want to read every single one of their articles. And it's made Apple News a lot better. Apple News, because I'm a Flipboard guy. I know. And I like the format of Flipboard, uh, whereas Apple News is just kind of, I don't know, the visual doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I mean, aesthetic, uh, visually, there's not much. It's just kind of the article, Yeah, um, which I kind of like. I do like that it's native, and every once in a while when I accidentally swipe to the to the left, uh, not meaning to, and the, the news is there, sometimes it catches it catches me, and I'll flip yeah. through it a little bit. All right, real quick, I want to take a break and introduce a new segment. What's at the top of your feed? <laughs> oh, so, boy. what about this? <laughs> I feel like I've exposed enough about myself. Yeah, I know. It was actually all that that reminded me of this segment. <laughs> so, all of us are going to open our Facebook accounts and we're going to share what is at the top of our news feed. Facebook, huh? Oh, where we do you doing, want to go? I thought we were doing Twitter. Oh, well. Honestly, my, my Twitter yeah, feed will do, be a lot more yeah, you're right. uh, sanitary. All right, let's go. Let's go no, Twitter. I think Facebook will be more. Well, actually, I don't think it'll be more interesting. Okay. Uh, so, do you have a preference? <laughs> I'm already on Facebook, so I'm gonna do that. I'm on all Facebook. Right, you do Facebook. I'll do Twitter. I right? don't think this is gonna. I'll tell you what's there, but I don't think this is gonna go on the path we want to go. Uh, <laughs> it's just a. It's a picture of my niece and a dog licking her face. With a the, dog with, licking with what caption? Licking the dog's face, its own face, or the your niece's face? Licking my niece's face. It says uh, my niece's name. Uh, her face after a, a kiss is the best. And then my brother's tagged in it. It's Aww. from my sister-in-law. Okay, that's, that's cute. cute. Yeah, she's a cutie. Thanks for the... Has nothing to do with marketing. That's okay. Brandon, what's at the, what's at the top of your Facebook news? Oh, are you kidding me? It was at the top, and now it just refreshed automatically because someone posted. So it was a post from Moz about do you optimize for... Duck, duck, go, and I was like all excited because it was like professionally boring, like nothing too personal. But now my friend just posted, or he replied to a comment on 
this thing I've been seeing for the past couple of days, people turning Krispy Kreme donuts into waffles. So you just uh, yeah, you grab your Krispy that. Kreme donut, put it in a waffle maker, press it, open it up, and then put some syrup over it. And you've got a stack of delicious Krispy Kreme waffles. I don't wow. know if that's going to be good. It sounds like a heart attack. Well, but... Krispy Kremes by themselves sound yeah. like a heart attack. So <laughs> it's just pure it sugar. doesn't take much adding syrup to it. So, yeah, that was it. So I opened up my Twitter feed, and what was at the top was a tweet from Gabe Villamazar. Ooh. And here's what he says. He says, don't do things because I do them, or Steve Jobs or Mark Cuban tried it. You need to know your personal brand and stay true to it. <laughs> at Gary V. So he was tweeting at Gary oh. Vaynerchuk. <laughs> does, he uh, just, does he direct all of his thoughts at Gary Vaynerchuk? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's attributing that quote to Gary V or if he's like giving Gary V uh-huh. advice. Right. <laughs> probably <laughs> the former. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm going to do my Twitter feed. At the top of it is uh, a tweet from Mike Arneson, who is awesome. Uh, I've heard him speak a couple times. Anyway, he says, dear, dear Ello, stop trying to make Ello happen. It's not going to happen. I love this because I've been getting a ton of crap from Ello lately in my inbox, and he's right. It's not going to happen. Are you looking at your Twitter feed, Brandon? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. It's from Gabe, again, oh. from you, but it's a different tweet. It's emotional. How long ago? Uh, one minute. What? Mine's 58 seconds. Mine's 31 minutes ago. I'm on TweetDeck, so not sure if there's oh. a delay here. Okay. Emotional copywriting. Say? Often completely bogus. Here's oh, no. why. Sorry. That is the one that popped up. The one that I read was from 44 minutes ago. Your, that, that tweet you read where he mentioned a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk. I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with Gary Vaynerchuk because... You love to hate him? Well, he's accomplished a lot. He's awesome. I have a love-hate relationship with him and the fans because I think there's a lot of like posers out there who like love to talk about hustle and Gary V and like all this stuff, but then they like, accomplish nothing. Like I've got people that I follow and it's like, they act like they're the world's biggest because they, they follow Gary Vaynerchuk. They like know everything about business and Gary's message has kind of changed to you guys can do this. You can do this. It, was, it, it changed from advice to you'll never beat me. Like I will always outwork you and this is what hustle life looks like and, and all this stuff. So yeah, I feel like his message has kind of changed to just be like, screw you fans you're never gonna be me but keep working hard and it's, it's, it gets slightly annoying that's what money does to you you know what i'm saying well nothing against gary v but yeah i uh i've had that same thought about gary v and i feel like i like casey neistat because he's kind of like all the things i liked about gary v without the stuff i don't like about gary <laughs> he's like he is a hustler and he shows how he gets it done but he's like he's cool and uh He's not trying to ram something down your throat like Gary Vee is. I'm a hustler, baby. Yeah, and he always acts like, and maybe I'm just off base here, but like I'm sick of like seeing his like 2 a.m. Snapchats of like him chilling in the airport and him like whining about how this is like the hard entrepreneur life. I'm like, you got to travel the world and just like sit in meetings and answer people's questions and you act like that's like the hardest life in the world. I don't know. It's annoying sometimes. It's like I love to travel all the time, and not just that, but he he made he made those choices. Like he 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 can't brag about his lifestyle being like I work from seven a.m. until eleven p.m. every single day except for Saturday and Sunday, and then I focus on my family, and then turn around and complain about how hard his uh, work life is. <laughs> well, I might be off base here, so we might get a lot of uh, negative comments, or at least I might. Well, if we get any comments at all, from I'll the be millions impressed. of listeners. <laughs> 
Anyway. Okay, that was what's at the top of your feed. All right, back to uh, normal I think it's programming. Time to wrap up, actually. No. Yeah. Is it really? Well, feels like about that time. I think we're feeling wrap uppy. Really? I How am. long have we been going? Uh, I've got forty-one minutes, but we're gonna edit out some stuff at the beginning. That's true. Uh, I still have a bunch of stuff, man. All right, all right. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. bugs you, Jacob? <laughs> the rest is going to be Dude, what, I've got what so grinds many your things. gears. My pet peeve is when people save their best pet peeves for the end when there's only 60 seconds left. Oh, well, this is not the best. <laughs> well, it might be. Uh, I'm just going to rapid fire these out then. So how about this one? When I'm reading an article and somebody uses the, uh, the phrase, needless to say... <laughs> no, you guys don't have that same pet peeve. If it's needless to say, then it shouldn't be said. Don't say it. Right? That, like, that's basically what you're saying. All right, that's one. Uh, cheap package SEO uh, companies. So, companies that say, we'll get you to the top of Google uh, for $300 within one month or whatever. You know, right. everyone's seen those. Those are terrible. Uh, I have immediate email subscription pop-ups. So you come to a website and without even consuming one pixel of their content, they're trying to get you to subscribe. It's like, whoa, so, hey, come on, man. Let me read something before you. I commit to getting your content so in my you're email. you talking about like the pop-up where you can't see anything. You have to say no. Or uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, even if it's just a box, like a modal, but you see the content behind it, but you have to click out okay, of it. Okay, but it, you know like it interrupts you. It, so like if it, they're yeah, just asking for it on the side. No, who cares? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's the kind that, yeah, it's all up in your face. Right. Um, and then I've got QR codes. I'll end with that one. QR codes are the worst. That was on my <laughs> list. And I'm like, everyone just hates it. It's not even a pet peeve anymore. It's just like. Because it's not even like a thing anymore. No, like, it I is a thing, man. It, it is a thing. Uh, there are companies like Myriad that are still kind of holding on to them. I think we're at the tail end of using them, but uh, people still put them on. I, I will say this. It depends on the industry. So we're in the medical industry, and I think that there are still like doctors and providers and hospital systems that still think that they're cool. So we're we're almost like obligated to keep QR codes on our con- on our on our print collateral, and it's just so annoying. I feel like I'm like a total sellout. Like I'm like, oh, we're not we're not we're not technology uh, we're not technologically savvy enough to know that QR codes are have been out for the last six years. I've got to keep these babies around. Anyway, that's that's why it's a pet peeve. Not necessarily because, I mean, the rest of the world understands that QR codes are kind of lame. Yeah, I like the concept. That reminds me of the time that we created a giant QR code out of post-it notes. Yeah. On a wall. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, you thought you were going to get fired for that. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it took us a long time. I thought it was cool. It was cool. It was. It was very cool. Yeah. And then uh, we hid it behind the projector screen. (laughs) And when we did the the big big reveal, uh, we couldn't get the thing up. I think a couple of them, yeah, a couple of them fell down when we looked up the screen because the post-it notes aren't very sticky yeah anyway anyway i will say this uh i think one of the main reasons qr codes did not catch on is because no operating system created a native application Built to in, do it yeah. you had to download an app and like navigate to the app if they if they just integrated qr code recognition inside the camera i think it would have done way way better yeah totally agreed all right that's all i got any last minute pet peeves you guys want to throw down I have one, maybe. It's right. slightly off. Well, it's really off from digital marketing. Well, I'll get your guys' thoughts. What's your thoughts on life and business coaches? 
<laughs> way off. <laughs> I just see like I see a lot with even just like maybe like, the way like, they market themselves. Like I Robert Cordray. No, Robert Cordray's a. Uh, oh, you're saying like the? <laughs> I think even like the uh, stock photo model. <laughs> no, just like people who like, and I kind of see the same in like they in marketing. Like they'll write books and they'll teach yeah. you how to start successful business. They'll teach you how to be successful in life, and then you look at their resume and it's like very vague. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, in Utah here, I, there's a ton of them. And, and fitness coaches, like my Instagram feed, I swear, somehow like every person I follow eventually turns into a fitness expert with a new shake yeah. or some sort of weight loss system that they're selling. Mm, and, I want to shake. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, annoying you know, me. So at Nice and Floor, we've been doing a book club. So every month we read a new book. and Like uh, a business book or pleasure or what? Well, it can kind of be anything. We've been doing a lot of business books, but it's just voted on by the group. So honestly, if the if the group were to vote for Harry Potter, we'd read it. But we, we've been reading a bunch of business books. Give me the last few books. Uh, Quiet was the last one we read. Okay. And then we read... That's that's uh, that's the introvert. The power, book. the hidden power of introverts. Yeah. The subtitle. And uh, I'm trying to think. We Before that, we read drive we read uh the happiness advantage uh we've read creativity inc which of all the ones that we've read this has been going on for eight or nine months that's been my favorite um and then uh yeah a couple others anyway Hmm. so uh, by and large i've been very disillusioned with like the same same idea i people have like these needs and they view these other people as authority authorities in, in whatever space it is but once you actually like get into what it is they have to say, you realize there's not a lot here. And that can't be said for every book that we've read, but some of the books is like, you're not actually an expert. You just have grabbed that spot and people believe you and it's enough to sell the book. Once you sell the book, then you're, you're out. Um, and so, you know, I, don't, I, I've lost a little bit of respect for that same like life coachy business coachy area. Life coaching is just, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that there are very few people who I think are actually trained and expert in that, and everyone else is is just thinking that it's some easy money scheme that they can con people out of their money by finding inspirational quotes online and repurposing them as their own. Well, that's all I had. Folks. So wait, are you looking into getting into life coaching? No, I, sh- I should have asked all. that before. I just, I just tore it see down. them like I just know people who are business coaches, and it's like you've like because they they the the resume ninety percent of the time is they started this and they sold it. They started this and they sold it. It's like it's not hard to sell like a failing company for a very low price yeah. and, and get out and then just start something else. So my rule of thumb, and I've talked to a couple multimillionaires who agree. Uh, if you have not had, if you've never had $5 million in cash in your bank account at any point in your life, you are not qualified to like become like some sort of business expert. Like, so I don't know. There's a lot of people where it's like they sold, they got like some exit in some company and suddenly they're just like, I'm going to teach people how to do the same. Could, and could you be, I wish could you be a business expert. I wish I could meet that qualification. So at, wait, some, at us, some point you will. Tell us how much of a business expert you could be. <laughs> in other words, how much money is in your bank account? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. A little, little south of uh, $3 million, so I'm not quite there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're almost there. <clears throat> yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think this has been a pretty successful episode. Uh, I, I do want to mention one last thing, and I'll say it at the beginning of our next episode so that it's at the beginning of that one. I thought of an idea where people who are listening... If you send us your company swag, we'll totally pimp it out on our show. 
So if you're listening and you are work at a company, you've got swag, get in touch with us, send it over, and we will pump, pimp out your company for you. So we're not pimping out the swag. Well, <laughs> what, like with pictures? I mean, no, I'll, like I'll describe the mug that... Like we give it away. No, we'll keep it. We'll own. keep it. We'll take some pictures. We'll share it on Instagram. We'll talk about you on the show. Uh, just as a way to kind of engage with you and have you engage with us, I thought that would be kind of a cool idea. I wear I wear an extra large, just for <laughs> yeah. the record. And I'm I'm a large and packs uh, small, whatever small. <laughs> Come on, please. No, you've got to be a large or <laughs> I'm a large. Yeah, okay, two larges and an extra large because Brandon he's a hefty guy. Mm-hmm. Might you got might have to go double XL if it's <laughs> you're sending this in a few months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his birthday's coming up. So anyway. Uh, we're going to skip last word because I guess we went a, a little long today, but um, that's our show and we'll catch you next week. 